0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Father God, we thank you so much for this again and again and again for the opportunity to be able to come before you and just praise your name and thank you for the days that we are in right now. Many of us do not understand, including myself, how we could even be chosen or have, have been part of a choice to be a part of a world that is as dark as this has become. Father, we praise you and we thank you and we just lift you up as we are admonished and commanded to in your word and to praise you even during the most darkest days, to praise you when the most harsh and difficult times and trials and tribulations and as the scripture says, fiery trials that are to try you as if something strange has come upon you. Father, we just pray and thank you and just, just give you all the love. Father, we see the things that are happening across the world and we understand how many of our fellow brothers and sisters can. And be in places where they do not understand the night the, that the, the earthly dynamics that are unfolding right now many of them are quite confused but we see as you gently and mercifully allow the darkness to increase across the earth that uh, so many of them are beginning to awaken to the things that are happening and they're listening to podcasts and radio shows and and uh, alternate uh, news sources and uh, many of the uh, you know banned video and things like that that they would never have listened to in the past, but now have been, many of them have begun to listen to them, which is a blessing. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that we are able to be used in a humble and contrite and loving manner. That uh, to to through the through the touch of the Holy Spirit upon our lips, uh, that we are able to say with the with the appropriate gentleness and kindness and love and humility uh, to the right people at the right time. That hey, could this Possibly be an indication that we're entering into the end times and to, to just plant seeds into people's hearts so that they will be led through your spirit, Father, to do more research, to seek out more alternate news sources, to get away from the mainstream media, even though some of it's kind of sort of good. Uh, and uh, But the vast majority is part of the evil control grid. And, and well, of course, you know, we're, but we just want to thank you, Father, so much for for your incredible grace and mercy because you would want not one to perish. Father, we just ask you to give us each and every one of us more strength in our walk because we need it. Um, uh, it, 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 it is fantastically supremely difficult uh, to go through, to, to know the things that we know in accordance with uh, Ecclesiastes 118, to know the things that we know in accordance with Ecclesiastes 714 uh, and 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 be aware of how deep we are into the end times, but to see these things unfolding so slowly that the analogy would be death by 10,000 cuts uh, for those of us who are awake and aware but at the same time, Father, we have to keep our mind stayed on things above and to recognize what a blessing it is that we were awakened when we were but also recognize the duty that it is uh, given us uh, that 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 it, 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 it in, uh, I don't know what the right word is but that it, indeed it is an amplified duty, an increased duty to find that way to touch other people's lives through the gentleness and kindness, not by yelling and screaming and banging gong, gongs, but wisely baiting our hooks as a wise fisherman would and capturing the imagination of the fish so that we are able to draw them in to help them to understand that we are deeper into the end di- in times than most churches and most people believe. Many of our brothers and sisters are completely confused and the seducing spirits as you have allowed, Father, and we praise you for that. We praise you for the sed- Spirits. We praise you uh, for the confusion. We know that this is all part of the walk. We know that these things, it's very, very hard for us to digest. We certainly, you know, you, 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 we certainly understand that your ways are not our ways. your Our, our thoughts are not your thoughts or as high as, a, as the heavens are above the earth. Father, we just, we we have to continue to embrace these scriptures that 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 admonish us to understand and to be okay with how difficult it is for us and our walk and the and the and from the viewpoint that we're in to be able to 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 understand how you are unfolding these end times dynamics and this 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 movie that belongs only to you that you have invited us through your grace and mercy uh to participate in and and indeed through your parables Lord Jesus commanded us to uh, to participate in, in an active manner uh, in one way or another to touch other people's lives uh, to, to not be given uh, some you know talents from you but do then to ultimately do nothing with those talents to simply bury them in the yard to know what we're doing in the and in, 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 in father God but help us we pray in the name of Jesus and help our fellow brothers and sisters to understand that those talents that we we were given that information that we were given the understanding of the scripture that we were given the the leading to uh you know as we moved from one source of information one webcast one podcast to another one dvd to another in our walk one church to another in our walk father god as you brought us to the place that we are right now to an understanding of what it really means to be like Jesus. What it really means to be willing to lay down our lives—it doesn't mean to join a crowd. It doesn't mean to 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 go out there and 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 grab earthly weapons and to be willing to get killed in order to to stand up for a country that really we're not even we don't even have citizenship of, as your scripture says in Philippians three twenty that our citizenship is in heaven. If we could only embrace that we are to be exactly like Jesus in every way to carry our cross to our death and humility and love, and to take those stripes and to take those beatings and to heap coals of guilt upon the heads of those who would persecute us and say bad things about us and understand that we have to be able to live Romans 12 and to live and be the be attitudes, not just to read them. And, Father, it, it is so difficult, and we see the faltering and the falling down of so many of our brothers and sisters. And we just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will continue to help we. I continue to get more, as you know, and as you know, I kind of flipped out earlier today, and I just pray, Father, that you will forgive me for that. Um, and I know that you know that I had every reason and a good reason to flip out a little bit. Um, Father, there are people out there that have, we have even brought on the radio show many times in the past that are saying things that are so incredibly, well, they're satanic. They are absolutely not led by you. And they are not, they're they're portraying themselves as going to heaven and going to hell and seeing things that they're clearly not seeing. And if they are going to these places and seeing what they say that they're seeing, they're being taken there by Satan to fake heavens and fake hells. These are not the truths of the Holy Bible. These are not truths of your word. These uh, Father, there are so many people out there that 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 I personally have trusted myself over the years that have fallen down so far into the pit of misunderstanding that I don't I'm not certain that there's anything that can be done other than the power and the grace and the mercy of you through our prayers and the power of our prayers to pull them out of the pit of their misunderstanding and their misleading of the people that are listening to them. The situation Situation has become so egregiously horrible and so just unspeakably awful uh, that that you know it 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 makes us any one of us who even begin to understand your word and the love that we are to to imbue in in the very steps that we take between our beds and our bathtubs. We're supposed to have Jesus all a part of our love to, to understand the, the complexities and the paradoxes of the scriptures, to look for the mysteries but to, but more than anything, more than anything else, to to put on Jesus, the word the Greek word is in duo, E-N-D-U-O to put on Christ and to be him, to, to be exactly like him in every possible way. And for those people out there that are saying the awful things that they're saying, how can they say them and and believe in their hearts that they're actually being like Jesus. It's just, Father, it's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. I know that we were told that we were, you know, uh, in, in accordance with the Scripture uh, that you warned us, Jesus, in, in the Olivet Discourse, that that these are the beginning of sorrows. Well, Father, if these are the beginning of sorrows, then what are the sorrows period? Are we in the sorrows period? Are we entering? Have we already entered into the sorrows period? And how horrifically sorrowful will it become beyond what it is for those of us who are awake and aware at this point? And how are we going to be able to endure and continue to 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 serve you, Father God, when we're surrounded by fellow brothers and sisters that are saying things that are just so I don't know. I we we really need a touch from the Holy Spirit. We need divine protection. We need Father God and we pray in the name of Jesus in accordance with First Corinthians chapter twelve which speaks about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need Father God the Holy Spirit clearly the Holy Spirit gift of love. We need more than anything the Holy Spirit gift of discernment. And we need more than anything, Father God, the Holy Spirit gift of faith. We want all of the gifts. We want to be able to speak in tongues. If we don't speak in tongues, Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will douse us with the presence of your Holy Spirit. Let the holy fire, the fire, the tongues of fire, bathe us in that fire, Father God. Bathe us in that presence of the Holy Spirit. Help us and open our eyes, Father God. Help us to be able to see, to have the strength to continue. To have the strength to forgive, even when we see those who we have deeply trusted and and become uh, you know friends with over the years fall so far into the pit of misunderstanding and 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 to preach incorrectly your word, Father God, to so many people. Oh Lord God, have mercy upon us all. We pray, have mercy upon us for the mistakes that we've made, have mercy upon us for the sins that we have committed, have mercy upon those who are trying to serve you who are obviously be being taken by Satan into fake mock-ups of hell, into by Satan into fake mock-ups of heaven. And thank you, Jesus, for helping me and giving me the—not the, the, that I, not to in, in, not to insinuate in any manner that I've arrived, because you know, Father, that I'm not even close. But Father, please forgive. In the name of Jesus, we pray. As your scripture says in Daniel nine nineteen 19 and so many other places all throughout the New Testament, please, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus us that you will forgive our fellow brothers and sisters forgive our brothers brothers and sisters that are on the top of the seven mountains forgive the evangelical christians that are you know by name only are part of what is called the evangelical christian belief system in this country which is so utterly fallen and reprehensible in all ways including the way that it teaches your scripture in the very sanctuary itself father we pray that you will forgive the, the 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 people that are, are dancing around and smiling and telling only the happy things but not helping them to understand the requirements that your your very word has in it that we must follow and embrace and become a part of in order to get the benefits and and the blessings that they're preaching about. Father, we, we pray for your forgiveness and your mercy. We pray for that mercy to come upon the preachers and the teachers and the congregations. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for your mercy to befall each one of us as because, Father, in our positions, we're we're also burdened with uh, a, 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 a living in a place of understanding that causes us such utter grief and frustration to see all the things that are happening around us that it, it, sometimes it just makes us want to give up. It really honestly makes us want to give up, and that puts us at a, at a, a grave disadvantage from a behavioral monitoring and, and staying out of sinful thought standpoint and and having that love and forgiveness and praying for our fellow brothers and sisters that are doing things they shouldn't saying things they shouldn't ought to be doing father we and then you know we're admonished to you know seek out the fellowship of our fellow brothers and sisters but yet we have definitely come to a time right now where that is in places us in danger of hellfire and uh, what an, an amazing paradox and a horrific place to find ourselves in our walk, but yet at the same time a tremendous blessing if we are able to embrace, keeping our mind stayed on things above Colossians three two, and not on things of this world. Understanding the blessings that you have laid up for us in heaven, understanding the penalties of uh, participating willfully and habitually in, in sin and not repenting and turning away from it, not continuously and always looking and inspecting ourselves and judging ourselves, as it says in. 1 Corinthians 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, 28, 31, and 32, uh, examining ourselves and our behaviors and making adjustments and seeking you out, Father, and living you, becoming your word, becoming Jesus, becoming Jesus. That is who we are, to become Jesus, Father. And we, we just pray somehow in in the vast dynamics, this whirlpool of different opinions and and, and thoughts that are so disconnected from your word and Just and it's befuddling for us to understand how they, how it 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 can be missed. How can the word, how can your word that is so clear be chopped into pieces? And how can people look for reasons to fall into sin, to be sinful, to hunt for contextual reasons in the very word for for a reason to, to, to be able to go and do something that they should not do? Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that somehow. By an absolute miracle that there would be an outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon this world that would touch people's hearts in a way that would cause unity to fall. Father, we know that that I, 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 I will say this, Lord God, it appears to me and this is just me alone, nobody else. I don't know if it's influence, if there's any influence from the Holy Spirit at all. But Father, in my heart, I cannot even begin to imagine in the situation of disconnect, in the situation that we find ourselves now in the world where the 33,000 different denominations that exist, and even the tens of dozens of denominations that exist even in even so-called evangelical churchianity in the United States of Babylon the Great. How much disagreement and discord there is, even though Proverbs 6.16 says that it's an egregious abomination. It's an abomination to you to cause discord amongst the brethren. How, Father, then... How do we find unity? We certainly don't find it by accusing and judging and pointing fingers and saying awful things about our fellows and fellow brothers and sisters in public and naming names, heaven forbid. So, Father, how then? And the only way I can imagine as I imagine the glory that I might have the privilege of experiencing someday. Someday in your incredible heaven. Someday, maybe even in your presence, Jesus. The only thing that I can imagine is that the darkness is going to have to rise and become so horrific. The churchianity is going to have to be literally, literally destroyed. The very church itself, the very buildings where the congregants gather, will have to go away. Completely. Because they are sanctuaries that are teaching people, belief systems that are not in accordance to your word. They're half-truths. No negative terminal of the battery is connected. All good, all positive, but no penalties. Father, we need to be able to throw away all the doctrine that exists in the world today To understand the good news, but also to understand the penalty for not obeying the good news. Yet that balance does not exist. It simply doesn't exist. There are some churches that do preach it, but they don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they do not understand your power. They don't speak in tongues, and their prayers are not able to penetrate through the spiritual realm and penetrate past the demons of darkness while they are still as a wisp of smoke, never, ever turning into that fire tornado that melts its way through the spiritual realm, scattering the demons of darkness in all directions. Father, we have a very desperate situation on this earth, and I know that you know it. Of course you do. And I can only imagine in my heart, I can only imagine in my heart that the only way, even with all of our prayer, considering maybe a hundred different levels of people in their walk in Christianity, how could that all be brought together in unity that serves you in a day of darkness or multiple days? of darkness that are in front of us. How can all that doctrine be stripped away while everyone is so busy poking each other in the eyes, saying things they shouldn't ought to be saying, claiming that they've been taken to heaven and hell when they haven't been, and all the things that they're saying to people that are absolutely anti-Christ, anti-word. No wonder Jesus said that there would be many anti for anyone who is speaking things that are contrary to the word, which is Jesus is speaking anti Jesus things. Things that are in contrary that are contrary to your word. We praise you, Father, for your mercy and does endure forever. For if it didn't, Father, not one of us would make it. Not one. Not a one. We thank you, Father, for not punishing us for ignorance. For if we were cast into the pit over our ignorance, Not one of us would make it. Father, we do, many of us do see the necessity for things to grow extremely horrible. For without things growing extremely horrible on this earth, without the tearing down of the buildings where leaders of these buildings are misleading their flocks, sometimes unwittingly, and other times willingly but most of the time unwittingly Father if those structures are not torn to the ground how is it that unity will occur amidst the true body of the Lord Jesus Christ understanding that the very first building that was built as a church did not appear on the earth until three 100 years after Jesus well minus 33 arguably but around 300 AD the first church building was built that the earlier churches were just simply gatherings like the Amish going from house to house the churches like church of Ephesus and Thyatira were simply the gatherings of the Christians that existed in those particular towns how little we understand about the most early Christians and how they lived if we could only understand how they were taught when Paul and even while Paul was teaching and writing epistles from jail he was dealing with strife disagreement People taking sides, false doctrines, the misleading of 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 uh, of members of the ecclesia and the body, to the point where he had to get incredibly strict with them, and even to the point of regret in a, in second letters. Lord, what chance do we have today, Father? What chance do we have today that we? could experience the necessary unity that we must have in order to bring as many people as we can. As part of the Bride of Jesus Christ, hopefully as part of the Bride of Jesus Christ, many are called and few are chosen. Father, may we please be chosen. May we please, please be chosen, even though we are so utterly, utterly unworthy. Utterly. oh Lord our God, please. Thank you for revealing these things to the hearts of babes. Thank you for helping us to understand that without the complete destruction of the infrastructure of half-truths that exists across the world, division, discord, and lies, outright lies from people who have been duped by Satan and don't even realize it in many cases, And in some cases, too. Oh, Lord, our Father God, thank you for loving us enough. Loving us enough to force our hand to bring us to a place where, as we live on this earth, as horrible as it is to consider, as difficult as it is to embrace, that it is highly likely we are going to live during a time which J. Vernon McGee prophesied would happen that the only church that did exist was that which was the underground. The underground church, the gatherings of Christians and believers in homes. When the stripping and tearing down of denominations was necessary, because it it was a way to put a type of gold star on each of our chests so that we could point fingers at one another and have reasons to cause discord, instead of unifying in the love and the love of the Godhead the beauty of what you are and what you have offered us if we could just let go of that which is unimportant oh Lord our God our Father we praise you thank you for helping us to understand that as things grow darker across this world we're not really victims of the darkness yes It will feel like it in the flesh. But if we can keep our hearts and minds truly stayed on things above, as Colossians 3.2 admonishes us to, indeed commands us to, understanding Philippians 3.20 that our citizenship is in heaven and that none of this stuff on this earth matters. And it is necessary to break down the discord, to break down those things which separate the body. Of Christ, the true body of Christ, which is not established by bricks and mortar, but established by the love and the presence of the Holy Spirit and the hunger and thirst to love you more than we love our flesh. To love you more and to love you, Jesus, more than anything. To wake up in the morning and to just wish and hope that we can please you somehow. One day at a time and to recognize that the only way, the only way, the rising up, the glory that is to be found in the days ahead is for the tearing down just as you tear down your saints. Just as you allow them to be to be chastened, to be tested, to be refined in the refiner's fire, these things are going to have to happen to people in huge numbers, in very large numbers, to have the re- revival and the ra- raising up of of a much larger. So many people out there are are puffed up in believing that they're part of the that they're part of the remnant bride, and they're so just. So sure of themselves in their in their walk, yet they don't realize how much you love every one of us they forget they think they're it they feel sorry for the the rest of them instead of praying for them. Instead of realizing where your heart is and to want to be up in one accord with your heart, to want to understand why we have to suffer so much, why we have to go through so many horrible things in order to get to a place where the denominations don't matter anymore, none of us care. All we care about is raising our hands and giving you glory through the darkness, bringing down the light and the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in a day of darkness that is beyond the understanding of those who will never grasp it. And so few that are in the congregations that are out there today will ever. Because they've never been demonst- it's never been demonstrated they've never seen it, they don't even hear you go to an evangelical church today and you you' you're, you're unbelievably blessed if you hear one person so much as speak in tongues, even for a moment it's an abomination. And we praise you, Father God, and we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity that you have given us. We pray, Father God, more than anything, that that, that you will give us the strength and the faith and the wherewithal, the determination, the perseverance that is required, the so few of us who understand the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the importance of speaking in tongues, that that our prayers can break through without being hindered by the demonic presences in the spiritual realm, the importance of the things that we need to be able to embrace, the importance of the power in the name of the lord jesus christ and the love that we have been given so much love and so much determination to be like jesus that we are willing to be beaten to death in a square without so much as raising a hand so much as saying one negative word just as stephen was just as other examples were oh no We are so far from that now. It only indicates, Father, that we have a very long and exceedingly difficult journey ahead. And, Father, we praise you for that journey because we know it comes out of your mercy. We know that some, if not many, of us will not make it. We won't. When I say not make it, I'm not saying, Father, not make it to heaven. I'm simply saying we won't be able to fulfill those things that you wrote about us in our books. In Psalm 139, verse 16, we won't be able to fulfill and receive the rewards and the inheritance that was written into our books in heaven about us. That we were intended to scripturally by the word of God, by your divine assignment and how deep does that go father praise your name father it's just unbelievable it's so amazing but so sad at the same time that so very many of us won't be able to break through we won't be able to hold it together unless through a miracle of your grace And through a touch, Father God, for some, I know it certainly won't be for all, but a touch for some that will lead them to where they need to be led to understand that if we are not just like Jesus, if we are not in love with Him, if we are not absolutely immersed in the Word, Immersed in the word, never looking for a reason. Never hunting for a context to give us a reason to sin. Or to claim something that is false, that goes against the very words that came from God's mouth. Our Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you, Father. We thank you for your mercy, for without it none of us have even the tiniest chance. I personally, Father, as you know, and it has troubled my heart exceedingly, exceedingly deeply, that virtually every person that we've brought on the show that I believed with all of my heart, that was deeply anointed, has slipped and fallen and is now saying things that are clearly not biblical, Father, this has to be the product of seducing spirits or worse. we praise you for the Stanley fraud from prophecy. we praise you for helping us to understand these things, and we ask you, Father in the name of Jesus, that you will help us to grow in our walk, to grow in our love, to grow in our prayer, to grow through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues Father. The Apostle Paul said, he said speaking in tongues wasn't for some, you know, he, he gave very specific guidance between speaking in tongues and not. He, he he even said essentially that speaking in tongues was, you know, in, in, in the presence of uh, others was, you know, without interpretation was essentially unnecessary and uh, was intended primarily for the unbelievers. Father, I don't know. I ask you now, should I have people that come on the radio show speak in tongues before they say anything? I don't really understand exactly what what we are to do in the days that are so dark right now. I wonder if, you know, and even even that doesn't prove that they're hearing properly. And it certainly doesn't prove that they understand the scripture properly. We are clearly in a quandary of end times Darkness and a paradox that is beyond anyone who has any understanding of these things to be able to sort out. Therefore, we surrender completely. We surrender to you. We hand you everything of our lives. We know that things are going to get dark, and we know why. We know that when they do get dark, they're getting dark because you love everybody. And you have to raise up the largest bride for your son that is possible. And misunderstanding the Scripture, embracing a particular denomination, is the enemy Definitely the enemy of the love and the power of Christ and the unity that we will need to have as part of his bride in the days to come. Because we are the ones who are called, should we accept and be able to have the perseverance to stand strong as the world around us crumbles. And dwelling in the Spirit, and the fruits of the Spirit, and the power and the love, willing to lay our lives down as Jesus did. In the midst of all, of the world falling apart around us, the gunfire, the rape, the murder, the roving bands of rioters, the horrific things that the building, the nukes that are going to be exploding, even from the ground. The chemical warfare. People dying from hemorrhagic fever in 24 hours in front of our eyes. We've only begun to touch upon Psalm 91. As Psalm 91 unfolds, Father, we know any one of us who have any understanding realize now clearly particularly in the midst of this lying bioweapon attack against mankind oh lord our god thank you for the introduction to psalm 91 thank you father god for we know that you are separating separating the sheep from the sheep as it says in ezekiel i believe it's 34:17 depending on your translation. King James James has it wrong. New King James has it right. Separating the sheep from the sheep, the wise from the foolish, the sheep from the sheep, the wise from the foolish. Thank you, Father, for helping us understand what it is. If we are contenders... If we might be chosen to be part of Jesus' bride, if we might be part of the first watch, thank you for helping us understand why. Because by virtue of understanding why, why does all this have to happen? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to all these others that I thought were so godly? Thank you, Father, for helping us to understand why. Because by understanding why, we're able to just hug hug, hug the very feet of Jesus as he hangs on that cross and realize that that is the only thing that matters. The only thing. The only thing. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to come to that realization and to bring us through the days that we have gone through, through the beatings, through the stress, through the sleepless nights, through the pain, through the agony, through the loss of loved ones, and slowly introducing us through the horror that many of us are experiencing even today to a much darker time that is in our imminent future. But most importantly, Father, we praise you for showing us why. We've got to break down the discord. We've got to unite together beyond the misconceptions, the seducing spirits, the lies, the misunderstandings of your... All of that has got to be tossed. And Jesus has got to be only thing we see, the only light that we walk toward as we lay hands on those who suffer around us, casting out devils, raising the dead while our eyes are fixed upon our Father God through the eyes and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. We praise your name and thank you, Father, for bringing us to a place where we understand the why. Finally, so few, Father, we pray. So few understand your power. So few understand your love. So few understand the things that they need to understand to be able to bring them through it. But we un- but praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to understand why it's got to happen this way. Because that in and of itself gives us hope and gives us strength to persevere. That's why it says in Revelation 3.10, when it talks of the Church of Philadelphia, Because you have kept my command to persevere. Father, Lord Jesus We ask for all the help, all the teaching, all the adjustments to our behaviors, everything that we need. All the power, all the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the speaking of tongues. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your name. We we pray in the name of Jesus that you, Father God, will move the end times forward. We pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you will break down the discord. We do not pray for peace. We pray for you father god to go ahead and move forward with the end times to induce labor father god in the woman who will give birth to the man child in the name of jesus father god we pray for the days to move ahead we thank you father in the name of jesus that you will raise up a glorious bride without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she shall be holy and without blemish and we thank you Father God for stripping us of all of our desire of the flesh that the only eyes that we can see are those who belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords we praise your holy name and we ask you Father for your mercy to endure forever for not just us but also for our fellow brothers and sisters bring that unity we ask you Father bring that that one-sided that singular vision of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we can walk on that water directly toward Him, not faltering, not slipping, and not dropping into the water, but, Father, making it all the way into His arms and bringing as many people as we can on our way to Him. In the name of Jesus, we pray and thank you. Hallelujah. And Amen. Tonight is January the 7th of 2022, the 5th of Shabbat, 5782. The next holiday is to be Shabbat, and that is January the 17th of 2022. Who would have believed that we would be in this year and even alive even a right now, let alone on planet Earth? Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And tonight, it is now 7.45 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And together, we light the Sabbath candles, or if you prefer, the Shabbat candles. Or if you prefer the any day of loving Jesus' candles, understand what it means in Romans 14 to not get yourself hung up on these things. For all things that we give to our Father in praise are to be taken by our Father in praise. And it is not our job to be judging and pointing fingers and shaking our fingers like Pharisees at other Christians. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father God, and we thank you. I light three candles, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit, the often forgotten God. Ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and pray for it to be poured down. Down because you need it for the days ahead and if you don't have it seek it because our father will give it to you close your the, the doors of your bedroom wait until everybody's out of the house turn on praise music get on your knees and ball cry out to god with all of your heart like 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 uh, like uh like uh, king uh, uh habakkuk or i'm sorry uh jose uh, i believe it was Hosea. hold on a second in second kings 20 verse 5 where he says i have seen your tears and i will answer you we uh we need need to get to the place in our walk where we cry out to God, where we, we travail in tears before Him and when we come to that place and travail where it is our very emotions that are completely absorbed by all things in desire and hunger, that power of the Holy Spirit cannot help but fall and flow into you, you will receive it, you will receive the speaking in tongues, listen to my li- imitate the tongues imitate the tongues just speak it forth get on your knees call out to the lord put on the praise music cry let your emotions flow because when you let your emotions flow you are letting the very spirit of god interconnect to the godhead itself hallelujah thank you jesus make it happen because the days are going to grow darker and we need to be prepared and most of our christian leaders do not understand the love of the lord jesus christ nor do they understand his power and if they mention a gun even once or a second amendment even once flee for your lives because many will be cast into hell we will not be able to shoot our way into heaven in the mighty name of the lord jesus christ praise your holy name we thank
0: you father hallelujah and amen the hebrew kiddush adonai haolam Bore perihagafen. ha-gaten. Baruchat asher Kichanu be-mitzvotah Vishabat Kod vishabbat kodshobaya Zikaron le maase vere shit. Ki huyom techila le mi kodesh ze cheletiach Kivanu ענו עקרתא Kidashta כי דאשתא
1: Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split-open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice how beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer you must catch those troubling foxes those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you will you catch them and remove them for me We will do it together. Thank you, Jesus.
2: never stays the same, the money lends he no selfish gain, the thrive against the innocent is the same.
1: taken a second or I don't know, probably a 15th look, but a, a different from a different viewpoint of the scripture. And it's interesting to me, praise God, that it's not embedded in the Olivet Discourse. Uh, it, it's in Matthew 10. The Olivet Discourse occurs in Matthew in 24. <clears throat> so in Matthew 10, you have Jesus talking about, you know, Parabolically, if you will, in, par- in sort of a parable—it's it's not really a parable format. So, hold on a second. Praise Jesus. This is just—I I could just read it as it is, but I think it's better um, if I grab a little bit more of the text. Hold on. <coughs> Excuse me. I wasn't sure if I was going to make the show tonight, but I wanted to. It's been a rough week with this cold, and I know a lot of people are suffering from that other stuff. This is just a, a pretty good cold, you know. It's just hanging. The only—it's not a bad cold in the sense that it doesn't make me feel horrible, really. Except that it's there's lots of coughing and stuff at night and all that kind of stuff and you know whatever. Praise God, thank you, Jesus, Hallelujah. We just praise you in all things. We praise you in good things. We praise you in bad things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right now. Ah, okay. Oh, here we go. Okay, all right. So. In the New King James. It's interesting because it's just kind of like injected in the midst of a number of different things that Jesus was saying at the time. And I'll just read. I'm gonna read this is amazing. This whole section is just amazing text. I'm gonna read from Praise God from Matthew twenty-seven. Now churchianity will oftentimes do things like what they call they what they do is they use this concept called dispensationalism um now the word dispensation does appear in the text of the bible but what mankind does and churchianity does is they use it as when they don't understand something they use it to slice up the scripture into chunks well jesus was here to come to talk to the jews and this was only meant for the jews Oh, well, that happened before the cross. So that doesn't mean, you know, that means that it really wasn't. So they, so they grab context. They use, the, they, they use dispensationalism to slice up the text. And then they say things like, oh, that doesn't really apply to us because, you know, we're washed in the blood of Jesus and, you know, and all that. And so we're, we're post-Pentecost. But then they miss. It, it's just absolutely false doctrine. 100,000% I'm positive that is – there's no doubt in my mind I because mean, no, yeah, I was born and raised, I mean, what, 40 years in Pentecostal Assembly of God, tongue-speaking, baptism of the Holy Spirit, demon-chasing churches, and not one of them were teaching properly. I know that as a fact. Now what they may have taught at that moment in time when they grabbed all of but two verses to spend 40 minutes on because heaven forbid you might have to miss part of the football game okay but you know they might have hit the nail on the head when they would pick out a couple of verses to focus on but really in the grand scheme of things what you walked away with was what not what you needed believe you me you walked away thinking that you were once saved always saved and that a lot of the scripture in the new testament did not apply to you because jesus was talking to the jews paul was talking to the gentiles you know and they would split it all up and look for reasons why they could do things that jesus said you're not allowed to do and they still do it today worse probably than ever before Praise God, and, uh, and what's really fascinating is the church that I was very blessed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, in a great, you know, in uh, it was called Grace Chapel. It was a converted hardware store in Rutherford, Pennsylvania, at the time. Now, now they've moved into a bigger church. It was handed over to the son. There was things that happened, and then the original pastor, Luke Weaver, took it back over again. He's very elderly right now, but was necessary because some. Of course, Satan got into it and messed things up, which have, all happens all the time. God moves mightily in small gatherings. So, if you really, really want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need to hunt for a Pentecostal church that has less than fifty people in it, <laughs> or to seek Him on your own. Like I said, like I was, in, like I was guiding you. Praise God! All right, and don't get into doctrine without because they all got their doctrine messed up believe me they do i've been in all of them i've been in every version of just about i raised up lutheran and oh my gosh and my mom got in this grabbed went to the library got a book on grimoires and incantations and demonic stuff because she decided she was lutheran she wanted to dabble in it when she dabbled in it, it you know her and her friend you know while my dad was at work you know they A demon moved a chair across the room, straight across the the kitchen flooring, and the, the, the chair just took off. And my mom and her friend completely freaked. I mean, they screamed in horror because, of course, they were completely unbelievers. They didn't believe in demons. They didn't believe in Satan. They never talked about it in the Lutheran church. Why should they? And so they said, well, gee whiz, why don't we go ahead and play with fire? Well, when they played with fire, they saw fire. Hellfire, and moved the chair across the room, scared the the dickens out of them, and uh, my mother... When I came home, and I don't remember what foster children we had living with us at the the time, but it was when I was quite young, uh, probably around, uh, I don't know, guessing about six years old probably, maybe five, five to six, which would have made it – some of the earlier foster kids that we had, so it would have been David and and Jim. Uh, uh, But anyway, she grabbed us by the scruff of the neck, threw us in the back of the car, and I don't know how she found it, but it was definitely the hand of God, but definitely the hand of God, but we ended up in the most Holy Spirit-filled church in all of Pennsylvania. It might have been the most Holy Spirit-filled church in all of the United States of America. I kid you not. And that little converted hardware store, you were lucky if you could get maybe 80 people in that place if and still close the doors. And a lot of times, you couldn't close the doors because people were standing out in the parking lot because they just wanted to, to be able to be a part of the service, and, and they you couldn't fit them in. You know, and fire codes and everything, um, but the, this the the preacher Luke Weaver was a, a Mennonite. Him and his wife, uh, uh, his uh, his wife, uh, were both Mennonites. Okay, and they received. They were seeking the Lord, and the Lord poured out the baptism of the Holy Spirit and 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 the evidence of speaking in tongues upon them, uh, and uh, they just. You know, they they had the power of Jesus behind them, and the next thing you know, they they uh they probably ended up. If I, if I, if my guess is correct, now I do not know the answer to this, but I suspect they probably sold probably just about everything or anything that they did have in order to be able to rent and uh, convert that that church. Uh, or like I said, it was a. Defunct hardware store that they managed to get some pews into and chairs and things like that, uh, and and a little uh, podium and such. But anyway, um, uh, the whole they had they had sessions. There, if you read First uh, Corinthians chapter fifth, uh, yeah, fifteen. You will see where Paul is admonishing the very naughty, naughty, naughty church of Corinth. They were just up to all kinds of no good, and Paul, Paul spanked them so hard, spanked them so hard that he actually stayed. He voiced his regret in the second letter uh, to the church of Corinth. So anyway, it, it causes a little bit of confusion. I'm not going to get into all that, but anyway, praise Jesus. Uh, the in so Paul gave them. A, Exceedingly strong guidance on how to behave during a church service. Now, other church service guidance is also available in the Book of Titus and the and First and Second Timothy. So you're, so how to behave in a church and how a church is supposed to be structured is found in First Corinthians chapter. Uh, well, pretty much First Corinthians has a lot of good stuff in it about it, but it really really leans heavily on it in First in Corinthians chapter twelve. 13, 14 and 15 heavily. Okay, and then also Titus, very big, and also 1st and 2nd Timothy. Those are your go-to books for how the church ought to behave. And I challenge you to find one that exists in the entire earth. And if you think it exists in the entire earth, it's highly likely you do not know your scripture nor or if you think you know your scripture, you've never actually seen it in action. So you might think your church is behaving that way. But if you've never seen it actually happen, how do you know? In chapter 15, uh, it's 14 or 15 or the blend of them, it talks about, praise Jesus, thank you, Father, it talks about the order, order in the church, order in the court, order in the church, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and it talks about how… Because they were so disorderly in the church of Corinth, Paul had to kind of like lay down the law and say, and I don't like the word law in this case. He was just laying down strong guidance, okay, on the way the church. Meetings ought to be conducted, and how the things should happen, and in what order they ought to happen, et cetera, et cetera. And he essentially said he gave a lot of guidance about speaking in tongues. He said, you know, in other words, he didn't want somebody standing up in the middle of the church service while somebody was uh, sharing a testimony or whatever, or or the movement of the Holy Spirit was leading one of the leaders or the bishop or whoever to be talking to the to 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 the congregants and and the ecclesia and the fellow brothers and sisters, the brethren, as the scripture would refer to it, okay, he didn't want, he was, they they were having problems with people that were so overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit they couldn't control themselves, and so they would stand up in the middle of the church and they would go, and so Paul said, don't do that, that's why it's in there. It's in there because they were interrupting the flow of the Holy Spirit. You can actually interrupt the flow of the Holy Spirit when you get overcome by yourself by the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people today are saying, well, that's the Kundalini Spirit. That's a Kundalini. But a lot of the people that are preaching Kundalini have never seen a true movement of the Holy Spirit, so they really don't know what they're talking about. And it it drives me nuts because they've never seen it. So Paul was simply saying there needs to be order, okay? And so he would say the order that he strongly recommended through his guidance was that there would be one person, he, and he also mentioned that there was no point in somebody just standing up for and just speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is, is intended for the believer to establish an un hindered line of prayer communication directly into the throne room of God, bypassing the satanic uh, astral projecting demons of darkness that are trying to stop your prayers while they are in flight to heaven, which I have covered and, and on the last show that I did as a recording, How Satan Stops Your Prayers the one way that you can get past that is speaking in tongues. So I will tell you folks when I am having a bad morning or I am sick or whatever the case is or whatever it is if there is if I'm having an emotional issue, if I'm having any issue at all. Okay, then I spend I will literally focus my heart and my mind and my spirit on every single person that I pray for, which is a lot, and the people that listen to this program, which is a lot. And I pray for them, and I will I will literally, with all of my – with the most intense focus that you could ever imagine, that a human could conjure—I don't like the word conjure, but could, could, could muster. Let's use that word, muster. Okay, I would focus on those, on each one of those individuals, each one of the people, their their family, their wives, their children, uh, their mothers, mothers and fathers and grandfathers and 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 the what I call the four hundred list, many of names of which I can remember and many of which I cannot, and then just go through them and I'll just see their faces and I will just Because I know my prayers are going right past the demons, and anything that's got me down, any cold syrup that's got me feeling goofy, any depression that I might be dealing with because of situations that are beyond my control, because of my lack of trust in God, which I need to repent for, and we all need to repent for, these are things that I know that by speaking in tongues, it's blasting right past them. But Paul admonished people not to be standing up in the middle of the church for no good reason because it was for the ecclesia it was for the brethren it was for the gathering to enjoy the presence of god to be admonished so they could get supercharged and go out and become a you know a disciples of jesus and touch people's lives and raise people from the dead and cast out devils in the name of the lord jesus christ which is exactly what the brethren in the ecclesia are supposed to do the, the only reason the ecclesia get together isn't to, to have a a club okay it's to go and get. Juiced up. It's the, it's you know it's it's, it's uh, Paul it, when he was talking to Timothy he said uh, you know um uh you know uh the, uh, uh th- 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 thank you cold medicine but um let the spirit of um oh now I'll have to look it up I will for you in a, in a second but anyway um he said release the, let the, let the, let the spirit of God Timothy. It's like right on the tip of my tongue. It'll it'll be here in a second. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, but anyway, Paul was admonishing them. Thank you, Jesus. He was admonishing them to have order. And he would say, do it in sets of three. So one person would stand up and speak in tongues. Now remember, the rest of the brethren are quiet. They're all quiet. Their heads are bowed. This is exactly how Grace Chapel was. Okay? Literally, to the word. Of the scripture to the very comma, to the jot and tittle, okay, it, and it happened. I saw it all. I was a part of it, and it, I mean a lot a part of it. I mean we went all the time, all, constantly. <laughs> we might as well <laughs> we might as well build an extension on there and like you know <laughs> live there. And it was amazing, but you know, the, but the rest of the brethren have their heads bowed bowed low. And they're all focusing and they're feeling the presence of God. Nobody's making a sound. Now, there could be, if you wanted to, you could play, quite, you know, very quiet organ music or very quiet piano music or, some, or guitar or something like that in the background. That That's fine. But someone would stand up in the midst of the brethren. They'd be led by the Holy Spirit. One person, not two, three, four, five, no, 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 one. And one person would be led by the presence of the Holy Spirit to stand amongst the rest of the brethren. And they would say, Okay, and then they would get quiet. Everybody would get quiet. The whole church would get really quiet. And then, out of the quietness, one voice would speak. Yea, saith the Lord of hosts, I stand in your midst, and the glory of the Holy Spirit is around about you. I am here to touch you. I am here to raise you up as my remnant bride. Hallelujah. I thank you for your... And that's how it would go. And then they would get quiet. Everybody would get real quiet. And then... Little by little, the whole gathering of the brethren would start to raise their voices raise their hand everyone would stand they wouldn't have to be asked to stand they would stand and they would raise their hands like the Holy Spirit like the Bible says for us to do and they would raise them up as high as they could not one not two not fifteen out of a hundred the whole Ecclesia would raise their hands up to the sky with their tears rolling down their eyes and they would be praising God as loud as they could in one accord One accord. And it would happen three times, just like the Apostle Paul admonished the Church of Corinth to do in 1 Corinthians 14 and 15. Hallelujah. Every service. And every week they had a certain portion of a service set aside just to bring down just and i am using the term bring down you bring down you bring down the baptism of the holy spirit it ha- doesn't happen because somebody lays a hand on you and says i baptize you in the holy spirit that is a bunch of boulder dash bunk and it's satanic panic and wrong okay we bring down the presence of the holy spirit through our praise and through our cleanliness to have clean hands repentance of sins tears rolling down our eyes emotions, ecclesia, gathered together, people laying on of hands and the transfer of all the Spirit through the Spirit of God and the presence of the Godhead in the church, and then it flows down through the people into the person who's receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they get body slammed, and that's how they know they have it. Now, granted, there are times when people – well, God will just out of his grace will give the baptism of the Holy Spirit to certain people because they're seeking it under certain circumstances, and it's not quite as dramatic as that. It can be in a person's home. It can be in a – a lot of times Bible studies people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and not every single time in, in – sorry, Pentecostals, but you're wrong about this um, – not every single time does somebody receive the, the gift of speaking – excuse me, speaking in tongues. Now, in fact, what really does happen is that they do receive the gift of speaking in tongues every single time. The problem is it doesn't always manifest. And the reason is because the person isn't taught. The person isn't coached. When the baptism of the Holy Spirit is flowing into the individual, when it – okay, I was nine years old. I was nine years old. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And I was—I was—I. I, what did I know? I didn't know anything. I had already been going. To, I'd seen them do this several times. I've seen them have baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, uh, services, and 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 you know, six or seven of the elders of the church would gather together, and and the, and the preacher, uh, Luke Weaver, and uh, and Edna, and and they would all gather together, and they'd stand up in the front and said, "Bring people forward! Bring people forward! Bring people forward! Bring people forward!" They'd have people standing behind them to catch them because they were going to go out in the spirit because they didn't want them to bust our but of course when they go out in the spirit God always makes sure that they, nobody gets hurt but, it, but they still try to catch them and make it easier on them and all that kind of stuff but it, here's the thing, if people go out in the spirit but, but the people would be, be receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit like crazy I mean people would be speaking in tongues and standing up and crying and bawling it was unbelievable and I said to my mom, I was nine years old and I was like, mom, mom, I want to go I want to go, I want that I want that and she said, go son go, run, and I ran, I ran as hard as I could, people just, it was like the parting of the Red Sea, people in the pews and everything, they were just letting, they were like pushing, they were like, go, 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 and I ran. I ran to the front of that church and I ran right into the middle of those elders and I said, I want it. I want it. I want, please. And they just came, they swarmed on me. They all laid hands on me. And they were all speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. And one of them was saying, Mimic our words, son, mimic our words. And I just had my hands raised and tears rolling down my eyes. And I tried to mimic the words of one of the guys that I heard. And all of a sudden, BAM! I went out in the spirit and I'm laying on my back and I'm speaking in tongues I'm nine years old I don't even know what's going on and I'm completely it was the most amazing ecstasy I've ever felt in my entire life I've never felt so much peace it was unbelievable it was literally unbelievable and and then all I can remember is my mom taking me out to the car and letting me lay down in the back seat. It was back when every seat wasn't a bucket seat and stuff, you know, the cars in the 60s and 70s. And I don't remember when it was, maybe 1971 or something like that. My mom could not let me. I, I was. I couldn't go to church. I was so knocked out in the Holy Spirit and so in a state of extended I was enabled to form words very well. I was in this Holy Spirit gushing realm of peace that words simply just can't. There's no way that it can be described. I can't describe it to you. I can't describe it to you. There's no way that I can describe it to you. And I laid there in the back of the car, dazed. An incredible piece. And my mother couldn't let me go to school for three days. For three days, I was not able to function. Because they probably would have sent somebody over to the house. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my cold. Praise you, Lord. For three days. And um and folks, that ain't the half of it. <laughs> that was just one testimony out of probably a hundred from going to that church. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah. But anyway, I'm gonna share these scriptures with you because Nobody ever preaches this stuff. Nobody ever reads it. I don't know why. To me, it's some of the most important scripture in the entire Bible. So, it's in Matthew 10. I'm going to start with verse 27. I'm reading from the New King James. So let me tell you something, folks. If you don't have fear of God, and you don't, are, are not continuously repenting, continuously examining yourself, and confessing of your sins, and pure in your heart, Father ain't gonna put the Holy Spirit inside you. Forget that noise. Okay. That's why this, this nonsense about <laughs> this nonsense about people just walking into the church and walking up because, you know, this is their first time walking up to the front of the church and they just walk over and lay hands on them and say, I baptize you and always that's ridiculous. The Lord doesn't put new wine into old wineskins. They gotta already be renewed. He already got to be pure. I was very blessed because I was 10 years old, and I didn't have anything to be repenting for. Oh, hallelujah. So anyway, in verse uh, Matthew 10, verse 27, it says, this is Jesus talking to us, okay? Forget that noise about, oh, he was talking to the Jews. No, forget that. forget I can prove that wrong going all the way back to the Abrahamic covenant where it says that I will bless you and all the peoples of the earth through you. Get that? That's true in Gentile. So anybody who tries to divide it up, they're being led by the devil for sure. And there's a lot of that. The devil goes after Christians a thousand times more than he goes after unbelievers. Because he already owns them. The believer is who Satan wants. And he's going to get a lot of them. Especially on account of guns. Now then, Matthew ten twenty-seven. Oh, and by the way, that next time somebody that can calls themselves a brother or a sister in Christ tells you that they have a right to um, to uh, take advantage of their Second Amendment rights, say ask them if they also have the right to commit sodomy and everything else that's protected under the Constitution. Hmm? <laughs> anyway, probably won't get through to them anyway because they're. Heads are – when sin – Psalm 66, 18 says, when when you have iniquity in your heart, the Lord will not hear. When a man has iniquity in his heart, the Lord will not hear. So iniquity is believing that it's okay to kill somebody to defend yourself or for whatever reason, because it's not. And I've done an entire teaching. It's at the very top of blogtalkradio.com forward slash tribulation dash now. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash tribulation dash now. And the very first tippity top radio. If I don't have another show scheduled, the very first one that you'll see on the top is "No Guns, Be Like Jesus." It's a very, very thorough teaching of the Word of God to the letter proving, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that the, particularly the American church, but other churches as well, that believe it's okay to defend yourselves based upon one scripture that is misinterpreted, where Jesus says to go get two swords. Actually, he says, go sell your cloak and go get some swords and whatever. And, and, and he, here's the thing. They bring back two swords. First, they didn't have any swords or else he wouldn't ask them to go get them, right? So you'll have Christians out there going, well, they obviously had to have swords because they had to defend themselves, you know? They had to defend themselves, I mean, from lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. No, they had no swords. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't tell them to go get some. And when they came back with two swords, Jesus said, that's enough. And there was 13 of them. So since when are two swords enough to defend 13 people? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then Jesus comes right out and clearly states that he was doing this to fulfill a prophecy. That he would be counted amongst, you know, the rebel rousers. It's it's in Isaiah. And i Teach to the letter, to the jot and the tittle, every single word, and explain very, very clearly why we have to be like Jesus to our death. Just like the Bogomils, just like the Policians, read the Fox's Book of Martyrs, read the Pilgrim Church, and remember that as the hundreds of years would go by, Satan would infiltrate the church as he always does, and the original purity of the church was lost. So when you discover, as you go deeper into the chapters of the Fox's Book of Martyrs, that the Policians started to, st- hundreds of years later, started to take up arms, okay, to defend themselves. See, they didn't in the beginning. Neither did the Bogomils. When 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 Pope Innocent the Third's calvary of mercenaries came into their villages, like the Ephrata Cloisters or whatever, and and started to slaughter every man, woman, and child and tie them to post and burn them, they were singing praise to God. They weren't cussing them out and waving swords in the air and saying, come on, bring it on, man. Come on. How dare you? I'll come near my daughter. I'll get your. No. They sang praises to Jesus while they were being tied to the stakes with their children. That is Christianity. Are you up to it? Where are you going? You think you're part of the bride? Do you? Matthew ten twenty seven. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling a little. My cough syrup's got me probably feeling a little Leonard Ravenhillish tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Once in a while, you got to plug on the negative terminal of the battery. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So anyway, and, and hey, if you want to go out and listen to all the good news, people tell you all the lies and things that they're telling you on YouTube and all these people saying they've been taken to heaven and hell and seeing people that took the vaccine and they were in hell and all these other lies from Satan because they weren't even taken to hell in the first place. They were taken by Satan. Satan masquerades himself as an angel. Many angelic appearances, many times when people are taken to heaven and hell, they're not really being taken to heaven or hell. They're being taken to a fake mock-up. I learned that from the daughter of Odin Hedrick, and I can tell you his testimony is absolutely true. So just because they say they were taken to heaven or hell doesn't mean they were taken to heaven or hell. And then we got the problem with the seducing spirits right now. Obviously, that problem has not left at all, and I don't think it will. I think I think it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse until God allows Satan to crush, crush, churchianity. Man, that means we're going to be here for a while. Ugh. Yuck. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God in all things. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. For many of us would not make it if it wasn't for your mercy. We praise you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. Let's help us to surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my precious Savior. I Surrender all. I should have took a different key. That was too deep. (laughs) I don't mean like deep like the sea, but you know what I'm saying. Praise God! But listen to this text. Listen to this text. Nobody ever talks about that. Preaches this stuff. Listen to this. I love that. I I don't always agree with every single one of them, but most of them I do. I'm going to go ahead, since I'm reading from the New King James, I'm going to go ahead and give you the subtitle. Matthew 10, verse 27. The subtitle is, Jesus teaches the fear of God. It says the sister verses are located in Luke 12, 3 through 7. Jesus said, quote, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak it in the light. What you hear in the ear, preach it on the housetop. So he wants us to tell other people what we know, not bury our talents. And you're like, "Wow, I can't do that. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm." for just be subtle. Ask people questions. Don't you think the stuff that's ha- just ask, just to see. You know, first ask them, "What do you think about all this weirdness happening in the world? What do you think about this stuff?" You know, and if they just kind of brush you off, just say. Well, gosh, I don't know. It seems awful, like, biblical to me, but oh well. Just kind of walk away. You planted your seed, and then go and pray. Go pray for them. At least you planted your seed, but be humble about it. Don't ever try to jam the Bible down people's throats in 2022. 2022. Oh my gosh. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak it in the light. Whatever you hear in your ear, preach it on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body. But cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him. God. Who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Fear God. Who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus is telling you. That our father. May cast you in the hell fire. He even, like probably in Luke twelve three through seven, he even goes as far as to say, if your eye offends thee, pluck it out, rather than being cast into hell. He means it. This isn't a parable. This isn't a an analogy. This isn't a metaphor. This is real. This is literal. Okay, very important. Don't let the theologians lie you into hell. Verse 29, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? Wow. Verse 30, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are more valuable than many sparrows. You know, I I read that, and I kind of smile because I think to myself kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek, I certainly hope so. (laughs) But then on the other hand, (laughs) praise God. We don't don't really understand how important a sparrow is. And then I think about, you know, from a thousand different directions. All the hairs of our head are numbered, praise God. Then Jesus goes on. The subtitle in the New King James is Confess Christ Before Men. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Now, if you deny Jesus regularly, I'm sure, and don't repent of it, with true godly sorrow, not just matter of factly, then this indicates you're going to hell. <laughs> if Jesus is denying you before His Father in heaven, then that would be the bema judgment seat moment, okay? Which is a that's when Jesus, you know, is Jesus. No, no one comes unto the Father but through Jesus. So at that point, Jesus would deny you and say, hey, I don't know you. You denied me. It looks to me like that's a sin of death. Unless it's, you know, repented of, confessed of first, and then turned away and not done. Repented of. Repent means don't do it. Matthew 10, verse 34. Let's get deep, real deep. Praise God. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. <clears throat> Excuse me. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. How many people out there? <laughs> Can you just imagine how many people out there would point to that scripture as a reason <laughs> to kill somebody in defense of their family. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing what people will do to be in the flesh, even though that their death on the earth means glory and the most beautiful—I mean, unspeakable awesomeness and eternity in the presence of God and uh, breathing under water and and mansions and 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 the city of God uh, and oh my gosh and, and the, the 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 singing and the the trillions of colors that we have never seen before and 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 being able to ride on boats that are powered by light and 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 different kinds of vehicles and you don't even need them you can fly if you want to but you can still ride in vehicles and 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 the fellowship and the little children playing and the and the joy and the love and the people that we didn't we that know us that we You know, but I know why they know us. (laughs) The reason why they know us is because Earth isn't the only place we've been. But of course, that requires advanced understanding and whatever. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, that's why so many people that have been taken to heaven that are legitimate were ganged up upon people were running out of the crowds giving them gifts gifts that they really loved that they that were the right colors things that they how did they know how did they know these people they didn't even know when they came back to earth and gave testimony they didn't even know who the people were but the people knew them it's because earth is not the only existence Psalm 82. A lot of people say Psalm 82 is something different, but they, they don't have it right. That's okay. Anyway, listen, this is about, so Jesus says he's, he came to bring a sword, but what he's talking about, he didn't come to, to the earth to bring peace. Imagine that. He died on the cross. He set an example through being one of the most peaceful, loving, amazing, humble, compassionate people, full of the power of the Godhead, just, but also he warned. He warned strongly, which you never hear in the church. The warnings of Jesus are enough to make your blood curdle if you're paying attention. They ought to. That's one of the reasons why I'm hesitant to listen to or watch even the so-called good uh, DVD and movie series is about Jesus because I don't want my soul to be filled with this idea that Jesus is – I it's okay if somebody goes to heaven and they had an encounter and they hung out with Jesus for a couple of days and they – they had, and they were able to give direct testimony of how cool Jesus was and how he has a sense of humor and all that other stuff. I don't want to lose sight from an earthly perspective of the admonishments that Jesus gave us, that warnings that Jesus gave us to make it in the first place. Because if you lose sight of those, the negative battery of the terminal becomes disconnected, the current doesn't flow, and now you're stuck in the lofty, wafty, once saved, always saved realm. Which is another word for foolish virgin. doesn't mean you're necessarily going to hell, but there's a high level of likelihood you will not be chosen as part of the bride, and an exceedingly high level of likelihood that you will be cast into the Great Tribulation. Which is not a cool thing. It's like super uncool. But anyway, Jesus goes on and he says, he explains why he said what he said. In verse 35, chapter 10 of Matthew, he says, For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Our enemies will be the people that are... It'll be our moms and our dads and our sisters, brothers. And verse 37, Jesus says, He who loves Father... Now, Now, before I go into this part at verse 37, chapter 10 of Matthew... I want to talk just briefly. Right now, today, we are seeing a massive increase of, you know, men men coming against their fathers, daughters and coming against mothers, daughter-in-laws against mother-in-laws. Man's enemies will be those of his own household. We are seeing that happen, gangbusters. I can tell you, I get emails continuously about this thing. People, are they don't want to talk about the end times. They don't want to bring it up in their house. They feel horribly lonely. They have nobody to, to uh, fellowship with. They can't go to church for all the same reasons. And let me tell you something. its a It's a very hard, hard life to know what we know and to have absolutely nobody to share it with. But that doesn't stop us from toning it down and asking questions in a loving, kind way and planting seeds and wearing Jesus shirts and things like that. There's lots of ways. But these things are all happening now, big time, super big time. All right, verse 37. Now, verse 37 is literal. Okay, this isn't a parable. This is literal. It is not a metaphor. It is Literal. Okay? So when Jesus is saying these words, he means it. He means it from the bottom of his heart. He means it. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. If you love your children more than you love Jesus, you are not worthy of going to heaven. Now, I'm not saying Jesus... Jesus didn't say he was going to cast you into hell. But the implication here is very um, not positive and could be worse. If you're not worthy of Jesus, where are you going to end up if you make it into heaven? The valleys, the outer darkness, which is a part of heaven, by the way, which is provable by scripture, but nobody sees it. It's right there. The very words that are wrapped around the outer darkness are all happening. Everything is happening in heaven. Every every look. Do a word study on outer darkness. <coughs> the, <coughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the cold. Hope it goes away much faster. And then but he, he who loves son or daughter more than me. So we're told if we want to be perfect, sell everything that we have, give it to the poor, take it cross, and follow Jesus. What do you suppose he says, he even says in verse 38, right here in Matthew 10, he says, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. So when Jesus took his cross, what was happening to him? People were spitting at him, cussing at him. They had just beaten him, so his flesh was falling off of his back uh, with, with you know, cat and nine tails or whatever, a whip. Um, you know, just he was, I mean, horrible. Jesus is saying right here, if you're not willing to say, take the same weapon that I took to carry your cross – to Gethsemane like I did. Did I call down a legion of angels to smite all the Jews? No, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do as they stuck a sword in his side. So when he says in Matthew ten thirty eight, he who does not take his cross and follow... Be, do just like I did, is not worthy of me. Another verse that proves beyond any shadow of a doubt that we cannot ever use guns or earthly weapons, even in the defense of our families. You know what? This scripture where it says, I did not come to bring peace but a sword probably was written about me in a prophetic manner or something. I'm sure that this what – I'm, what I'm preaching right now, which I know is 100% true, is certainly not sitting well with a whole bunch of people. Oh, I don't believe that. Go get a Budweiser and watch you know, some uh, <laughs> Duck Dynasty episode or whatever. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us all. Verse thirty nine. He who finds his look again. He says it again. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Uh oh. What's that mean? Well, how are you going to stop from being killed by marauders heading directly at you to kill you? You've been told not you know, not to do anything bad to your enemies and to love them, to love your enemies. Right? But they're coming to to do you in, man. They're coming to take you out. Well, verse 39 says, he who finds his life will lose it. So when you're defending yourself, you're going like, yes, I killed all those bad guys. And thank you, Jesus, I'm alive. Well, Jesus says right here, you're going to lose your life for that. Who lives by the sword dies by the sword. When you die, when Jesus uses the word die, he means go to hell. He doesn't mean flesh death. He's talking in the internal. He who finds his life will lose it. So he's saying he who keeps his life, doesn't take up his cross, doesn't lay down his life, doesn't become just like me and love his way all the way to his death, okay? Not so much as raising an eyebrow to his enemies and to those who were beating him, And then he goes on and says, and he closes it, he closes the thought and he says, and he who loses his life, lays down his life to be like me, will find his eternal life. Why don't we hear anybody in the world preaching like this? Am I like one of seven, eight billion people that that, that sees these words on the, it's right there. Oh, he's misunderstanding it, obviously. That just simply couldn't be true. He must be messed up on Netamusil. Yeah, that's it. It's that Netamusil. He's got a cold. I think that's what it is. Maybe it's that Nyquil stuff, you know. Makes you goofy. (sighs) Praise God. Anyway, even though I sent the sh- set the show for three hours, I think I shared enough for anyone who wants to receive it to receive it. I think it was a very, very important. I know as a fact it was an exceedingly important message, as I could I could feel the rush of the Holy Spirit just filling my mouth with words. At times, I was like, uh, "Am I the one saying that?" Um, praise God! Kind of, kind of like uh, Jim Gavigan, you know was you know, heckling myself. But anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, But let's go ahead and close with communion and I'll see how I feel next week. I'm sure, well, I feel very positive in the name of Jesus that this thing will be completely gone and we will be able to do a little bit more of a traditional uh, uh, prayer vigil at that time. But um, I got some very, you know, the Lord has a way of giving me information at kind of like supernatural miraculous moments. And unless you, you know that saying they say, well, I guess you got to be there. Well, you weren't there. So you weren't, you know, I guess you got to be there, right? But I was there. Okay. And so I got an email just before the prayer vigil from a woman from France. And she was listening to an ex-guest on our radio show. And that ex-guest claimed that he was taken to hell and saw people who were vaccinated in hell. And I knew immediately that did him in. Now, he's made other mistakes before. God bless his sweetheart. And I still love him as a brother in Christ. And I will pray for him. But he did not get taken to hell. He was taken to hell by an evil angel. And he is not hearing from God right now. As a fact. OK, people don't go to hell over a vaccine, period. All right. That's just baloney. Now, if there was more to the story and I didn't hear the whole story, then I'm you know, I, I'm sorry for my misunderstanding. But what I was told from this lady, Paula, in France was that that's what he was preaching. And she was very distraught because Marcone is a member of the Illuminati. He's a direct family member and he's going to force that vaccine on every everybody. In that entire country, you can count on it. And every other countries are getting it forced on them. And the only country that's not, with the exception of a couple of the smaller places, you know, the island nations and such, (coughs) and places in Africa, but all of the developed countries are getting it forced, forced down their, their throats right now. I mean, like crazy. And they're, they're coming. At, we, we better watch what's going to happen with the OSHA thing because anybody is working. And then then they're going to figure out, mark my words, mark my words. I not a, I'm not. I don't have to get the prophecy, but I'll tell you what, a lot of the stuff that I predicted that comes through all the time. And let me tell you something. I Boy, I could make a list. Thank you, Jesus. And um, they're coming. They're coming for the retirees. They're coming for every person who lives in the United States, and it is not the mark of the beast. And and there are going to be a lot of good Christians that die, but there will be a lot of good Christians that survive. Okay, the ones that believe and walk in divine health and believe in divine health and believe in Jesus are not going to get affected. Or they might get a little sick and develop a little bit more immunity from it, uh, but but, but they're not going to die. Or in some cases, God may say, you know what? Good job. Welcome. Good and faithful servant. And let you die. And you pass away on a respirator. What's wrong with that? That's a great way to die, because if you're already in a coma, because that's what they do—they put you on a respirator, then they induce a coma, because they're trying to get a they are trying to get the fever under control and all the other blah 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 blah. And then, of course, they can't get you back off the respirator, so you die. That's what always happens. That's why the respirator is a kiss of death, but it's a fleshy death. So if it happens to a Christian, it's a God said, thank you, Jesus. Psalm 116, verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Why? Because he's happy to see you. Yeah, it's sad for the people here. But if we keep our minds stayed on things above and not on things of this earth, then it's okay. we got to do a lot more of that now, don't we? And we got to buckle up for things to really get bumpy. That's the only way the unity that's going to be required in the body of Christ is going to raise up the remnant bride. And it ain't these groups on YouTube, and it's not these groups on Facebook, I can assure you. You calling yourself the bride? <laughs> okay. That in and of itself, I'm telling you, folks, when I look at the scripture that says right here where it says um, Psalm 1913. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me, and then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. The Lord and Psalm thirty-four eighteen compare. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and saves the souls of such who have a contrite spirit. Contrite, feeling unworthy, because we are. But I'm the bride. I'm part of the remnant. Mm -hmm. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that you have mercy upon us all. You lead us to to the way of salvation. You forgive us of our presumptuous sins. Keep all of us as your servants away from presumptuous sins teach people through the older prayer vigil shows how to use the holy fire to burn the demons of darkness into the pit, to weld the pit shut, as we most likely will on the next Friday show, on the 14th. And in the meantime, Father, let us lift you up in praise by taking communion together and give you glory. Amen. Amen.
3: Disciples were seated about you at the eve of the mass and bread. You said I eagerly yearned for the supper, and that you suffered so his children could be fed. I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be torn. The lady did not understand reach of his land, In his love, we were told to rejoice, not to mourn. So we gather from memory the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the King and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, You arose and went back up to heaven To speak to the heavenly force You lifted the cup of forgiveness It was paid, it was done You had power the cause, And I can only imagine The thunderous sound As though heaven exploded in tears We were free from our chains now all that remains is to never give in, we are destined to win. So we gather remembering the killer of our soul, destroyer of death, the Lord of our own. The light in our arms, the edge of our sword, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. For we believe in a land, all of creation restored by His hand. Eternity, all is revealed by the time we remember. All scars will be healed As we long for your coming We imagine the feast The Lord and His bright, When our waiting has ceased
1: You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood right now, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. He, Jesus, went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, O my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, 39. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles and believed upon in the world, received up in the glory. 1 Timothy 3:16. We pray for purification. Psalm 51:1 through
3: 14.
1: I should have said, based upon. So folks won't get their feathers ruffled. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. That you will forgive us of all of our sins. Even those, even those of which we do not know that we have committed. For we are unrighteous. Have mercy on us. According to your loving kindness and according to the multitude of your tender mercies,
0: blot out
1: our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. For Father, we acknowledge our transgressions and our sin is always before us. Against you and you only, Father, we've sinned and done us evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold. Father, we were all brought forth in iniquity and in sin our mothers conceived us Behold, Father, you desire truth in the inward part. And in the depths of our soul, Father, you will make us to know your wisdom. Purge us with your hyssop and we shall be clean. Wash us. Wash us clean so all of our iniquity and sin melts into a deep blue sea of your forgetfulness And we become whiter than snow in your glory. Make us your joy and gladness, Father. That the bones that you've broken through chastening, testing, and refining may rejoice. Hide your face from our sins, Lord God. Blot out all of our iniquity. Create in us, Lord a clean, a new heart. Renew in us a steadfast spirit with perseverance that can overcome anything through Christ who strengthens us. And restore to us joy, Father, joy of eternity in your presence and glory. Uphold us with your incredibly generous and merciful spirit. And teach, teach us, Father, so that we will also teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be ultimately converted to you. And most of all, Father, deliver us from the guilt of our sin. For when we are in love with you, and we dork up real bad. It really, really breaks our heart. That's what's known as godly sorrow. And we don't want to upset you, Father. We love you. We love you, Lord Jesus. And we ask you to forgive us. So our tongues will sing aloud of your righteousness. that same manner he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani Ladodi Vidori. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. God bless you all. See you next Friday, Lord willing. Now I have to go cough. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. God bless you.
3: Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts We seek you with all our might Sinners at the mercy of grace Redeemed we are by your grace Praise his holy name Praise the King of kings When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride to set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice as we lift your name on high. Renew our mind, renew our soul, remove the scars from our past and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride. To set her free Watch us as we trim our wicks Our lamps are full Our hearts are right Like those five wise virgins We will be Your bride awaits Sleep patiently Longing for that blessed sound, the dead will rise, the churches gather. We're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure, and while we wait... We will bring forth the fruit of the light of pride When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will end you Until you come back for your bride To set it free